for those that have followed my journey, they know how important meditation has been for me in transforming the way I go about the things that I do. And it really wasn't until I started meditating for up to an hour was when I big shifts started to happen. And I know for a lot of people who meditate, you know, an hour seems like a long time. And I really believe to really get the true benefits out of meditation, you need to sit for an extended period more than your regular 20 minutes that most people do. Now, the biggest challenge for most people I've realized is getting past that first phase, which is quietening the mind enough so that you can truly experience the benefits of meditation. And for me, those benefits are connecting with just pure oneness, a place of pure love, an energy that fuels you, that stays with you throughout your whole day and actually changes everything. You start to change your reality when you start to tap in and tune into this energy. For me, it started, it took an hour to connect with it. Sometimes it takes two hours. But the biggest challenge for most people was quieting the mind. Uh, So that's why I've gone ahead and decided to create a free guide to quietening the mind. Uh, And you can get access to this free guide either on the podcast page where you're listening to this episode or if you just type state-shifters.com, there'll be a pop-up to come up where you can download that free guide. And it'll help you get access to these amazing benefits meditation can offer. Hello guys, welcome to the State Shifters Podcast. This is Jordan Canlish here. Uh, State Shifters Podcast for people who are looking to uh, really uh, tune into higher states of awareness and live, live a life of passion and purpose. And in this episode, I have got uh, Josh Collins in person. And we, Josh was visiting you know, Toronto for a week uh, back in July, I think it was. Uh, and it was really... Uh, great to have him in town and we caught up and we did a lot of fun things and uh, we wanted to sit down and do a podcast together because I started the podcast um, well the idea of the podcast came when I left um, left my hometown of Perth and I was on my way over to Toronto I was uh, spent some time in Sydney with Josh and we were having these really interesting uh, conversations about to the deeper and meaningful stuff in life, but stuff beneath the surface that I feel, I, I just love chatting about this kind of stuff. And that's where the idea was born. I was like, why don't, why don't we just, why don't I start a podcast and we just start talking, we share these conversations that we're having because I feel like people could get benefit from them. Um, and then the podcast kind of evolved from there. When I arrived in Canada, I um, did all the relevant, the necessary research to get the podcast up and running. And then I would jump onto Skype calls with, with Collins whenever our time zone were able to match up the, the, the time difference and we would record our conversation. So this was actually the first in-person uh, podcast we got to do, we've, we've done together. And Josh has just recently got uh, a girlfriend and he's now in a relationship and we, th- we thought it would be a good opportunity for us to, to, to discuss uh, what living in, how to go about mindful relationships or, or relationships where we we're enga- engaging a deeper a, a deeper level of understanding uh, relationships pose so many opportunities for us to to grow um, together but more so grow within ourselves and Josh answers some really cool quite really interesting questions about how to uh, assess whether a relationship is purely surface level or there's something something deeper deeper a deeper connection with your partner Uh, so this is a an interesting episode and i'm sure you're gonna get a lot of valuable information out of it so enjoy got some nice coffee here jimmy's coffee toronto ontario welcome to the stage shifters podcast (laughs) got josh collins alongside me for our first in-person interview collins has graced me with his presence here in toronto for the past week this is his last day he flies out this afternoon so we thought we'd sit down and have a chat do a podcast. Today's topic is going to be about relationships. Collins, welcome to Toronto. Welcome to the, our first in-person interview. Thanks, buddy. It's uh, yeah, it's been a long time coming. Nice to be in the city, beautiful city of Toronto, and it's uh, lovely to be with you after our long time apart as well. Excited for this one. Yeah, mate, very excited. Uh, we've been thinking about a topic to discuss the past couple of days, and mm. relationships is something that 
has come up a few times for us in some of our earlier episodes, but if we thought we wanted to dedicate a, a full podcast today to relationships uh, because relationships aren't easy uh, for a lot of people. It, it brings on a lot of challenges, both mm. uh, personal challenges, dealing with our own inner world, but also for other people. Like other people get triggered a lot in relationships. So you're in, you're in a relationship right yeah, now. Yeah, that's a bit of an update for yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Meg out there. Yeah, I've, hey, I've, Meg. Since our, yeah. I think probably since our recent podcast, man, I've I've re-entered into the world of of uh, of relationships, yes. and not you know it just it just popped up, popped up, man, out of the blue. I think, and as I was as I was saying before, offline, um, I think it came to me at a time when I was when I was ready for it, as I'd I'd put myself on the bench for a little while, um, as I'll as I'll discuss. I was on the sideline. I was happy there. Um, and I think I was finally ready to learn. Mm. It was my time to learn how to be in a functioning relationship. Mm. Um, and then once I was open to it, it just popped up naturally. Yeah, man, it's, it's great because now you're going to have a, a slightly new perspective compared to our last conversation where you weren't in relationships and now there's all these new challenges that are coming your way mm. where you're learning along, along the process, as we all are. But it's going to be great to hear you kind of talk about this uh, as the relationship's evolving uh, in itself. So I guess we could start somewhere, start somewhere here around. How did you how did you know that the time was right when you you said it popped up? But you, I guess there must have been an element of readiness within you that yeah. allowed this to happen. Yeah, I think I think I mean. I've been, I've been on the, I've been on the bench. I've been single for about three, three and a half years, mm-hmm. and that was based on, I think I've spoken to you before about my, about my last relationship, and I was a bit, you know, a bit young, still didn't know who I was, um, what a, what an actual relationship entailed, um, so I, from there I just I, I kind of realised I needed more time for myself to actually comprehend what I was missing before mm. I tried to find that in anyone else because I I, I I think I just looked around I looked around at, at societal relationships and what the norm is and I I just saw a lot of people that were had something I suppose missing um, and were trying to fill that void with a partner like you know everyone has friends those people that are eternally in relationships and they get they become single and the next week they've got another person uh, and I think for me, it's, it's similar to addictive substances in the fact that you're constantly trying to use another person in this in this case to try and um, fill that fill that void that you have inside you. So I realised for me, I didn't want to be in a relationship, and I I told you I was I was I was comfortable if if I never was, because I know if I didn't work myself out first and I had a, I had a um, I had filled that internal void. Then I didn't want to be in a relationship because it was I found it inherently selfish, um, and I think I'd worked enough on myself and I generated enough self-love um, that I could finally give freely and not be in a relationship for my purposes, but just be with someone and observe them for who they are, without using them as a means to an end for my own for my own happiness. Um, yeah, so I think that's I think that's how I knew I was ready, man. Yeah, beautiful man. Yeah. I, I think so many people uh, go into relationships sometimes, like you said, as a as a mechanism to fill the void, like you like you said alluded to. Uh, people who just jump from relationship to relationship, not really understanding the the inner dynamics of what's going on there. There's the, the external relationship, but then there's also the internal relationship with ourselves that so many people refuse to acknowledge. Uh, during during intimate relationships, I've, I've I found that to be the the most interesting part for me mm. is is the relationship with myself that I was always monitoring, uh, and a lot of the time it's 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 us. it's always us. <laughs> if there's ever a conflict, it's always it's always us. Nobody has control over how we feel. It's it's our response to it. So that's so true. Yeah. I think what you find is that if you've got if you've got something that you're missing and you find someone you find someone initially and you're like yes this person this person makes me happy mm. they're like they they're they're helping me overcome something then that's all well and good it's been it's perfect and it plays out well 
the issue the issue is when you when you uh, when you try to avoid change and you try to hold that person mm. the same way they were when you first met them mm. because i mean everything changes everything, things are changing constantly regardless of if you see them or not they're changing under the skin um, and problems start to emerge when you have this person who's was a triangle when you met them and they fill your triangle hole and a year's time they're, they're a square and you're still trying to make them a triangle and I found that my, my issue in my first relationship was that I, I found myself wanting wanting them to be different wanting them to say or act the way in which I thought was proper or which I thought would show people that we were in a good relationship or that you know represented it, the image that I wanted I think uh, and that's 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 the thing I think if you take if you if you see a relationship as as ownership like you have like you have ownership over each other mm. like I'm yours you're mine then they're attached to the image as well and the image that you want to present to the to the world so you have to make them fit into that that image because they're, they're not just another person they're part of you now yeah and that that that's when things become yeah things become quite difficult i think you get all these relationships these days that are very polarized it's like it's either extreme happiness or extreme upset or ang uh, anguish because it's constantly one day they'll fit the whole the other one they don't and it's this pull this push and pull of um and and, it, and the issue is it's happening on both sides as well mm. so it's it's this constant it's this constant push-pull of, I want you to be this, no, I want you to be this, I, I, like, and it's, it's, it's constant, man. So I think it's, yeah, my, my biggest takeaway for any, any relationship is that if you can learn to be comfortable with yourself, then you have an infinite amount of love to give, like infinite amount of love. Um, it's like the, you know, the fridge analogy I told you? The full, the, the, Remind the, me. The endless fridge. Yeah is that if you had a fridge that constantly topped up its own food with whatever you wanted, then you'd have no need to go to the grocery store. So if you can fill up your own internal fridge with everything you need, be self-sufficient with love, then you never have to go seeking it externally. And whatever you get additional to that is just awesome. It's surplus. just amazing. Yeah, surplus it's just surplus. love. Yeah. It's just surplus love. There's, there's, not, mm. there's no reason to go out and hoard food mm. or buy as, as much food as you can. It's just the endless fridge mm. man that's 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 self-love and if you can if you can conquer that every relationship you have will be will be infinitely easier mm. yeah beautiful man well said i always look back to when i was younger and i had my first relationship and i compare how that was like like you just described as the the attachment to the identity of someone else being a part of me their their role is to to fulfill this expectation in my head that I'd set them out to be that they are my partner they are to, to behave this way act this way uh, make me feel a certain way and then often when they don't live up to that that's when things turn toxic and we often see that in entertainment on TV because uh, all this toxic conflict that arises in these types of relationships are is what <laughs> is what causes this extreme polarity between immense happiness and sadness and we don't see too much about the mindful relationships or the more aware relationships where people work through things on an individual level and then come together as a as a collective union to work through things and i, and I think this is the, the the goal of this this type of podcast is to help people not only evolve together but evolve as individuals in a relationship because that's the most important thing it's like it's it's always you Mm. And I think, yeah, I just think back to how I, how I was in my first relationship. Do you think it's necessary to go through that, in a, to have that first relationship as that kind of, you know, between the ages of like 16 to, to 21, you're still very unaware of, of, of how much a relationship can trigger you personally, but... More so, how to how to work through something like that is is it necessary to go through those those early learning phases, or can you do the inner work first and then go into a relationship already figured things out? Um, yeah, I think it depends, man. I think everyone has their own mm. individual journey. Mm. For me and you, I think we probably went through a similar a similar thing. Young heartache, I'm sure a lot, and I'm sure a lot of people go through that. I think, like you said before, it's how you react 
to that that makes the difference? Like, how can you can you figure out a way to learn from that experience, or are you just going to go through and try and make it work again? Like, yeah, I, I see a lot of people that don't they they finish finish one relationship, then they blame it on the person, they blame it on the other person for that. Oh, it just wasn't meant to be. But they don't, then they don't change any of their actions going into the next relationship. Mm. They do exactly the same thing and they get the same result. Um, so I think if you can, if you can look, at, look at where the fall down was and take some personal responsibility rather than blaming all of the issues on the relationship towards the other person, you can actually get something out of that and you can benefit in the long term. I've, I've seen people that have... Like, like people that have been in relationships since they were 16... You know, they fall in love with their, their first love man and still happy marriage like true. four yeah. years later. I don't see any like some people. Some people. Some people have it straight away where they're just they're in a harmonious relationship and they allow each other to be individuals. And then, as you say, they come together as individuals mm. to a union. It's not. It's it has to be a symbiotic relationship. They have to be individuals first and and a partnership and a partnership second. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah I, think that's, yeah, I think that's the important part. Most definitely. Yeah. Another, another thing that I've recognised, because yeah, this ties in quite nicely with that, is you said the people who kind of work from the get-go. From day one, they, they, they just hit it off and they stay together for sometimes a whole lifetime. There's a book that I read called uh, The Five Love Languages, which I think kind of con- ties into that, which might explain why that works for some people and why it doesn't for others. Uh, when... when when you're unaware of, of how you, what your love languages are, uh, wh- whoever you choose to partner with, they either fulfill those love languages, either consciously or unconsciously, or they don't. And when they don't, um, which is generally a, an unconscious way of engaging in a relationship, if those love languages don't get fulfilled, uh, there'll always be an element of wanting more or, or lack yeah. in the relationship. Um, I know you've read the book as well, The Five Love, Langu- yeah. love Languages. What did you take away from the book? Because yeah. it, it was important for me. when I Yeah, no, I think I, that brings in what we were talking about before is communication yeah. and, and understanding. Because you can have a relationship work where as long as you, as long as you know what your partner's like, love language is because it's, it sets up an unconscious expectation mm. where you know, they, they might be... They might be uh, Material game, or materialistic. Or they, they they see love as they see love in material yeah. and and um, and giving. Maybe we should list the love languages before we go any deeper. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you know the five? Give me a test. Yeah. <laughs> if you can remember them, I was. Uh, we got time, um, giving, giving, touch, touch, um, words word, of a- words of affirmation, words of affirmation, and the fifth one. Fifth one. It will come to Can't us. Uh, it will come to us. Never mind. Yeah, but there's, there's, there's different ways, different ways in, in, in which people. It's just ways express of expressing love. love. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think if you can if you can be open and understanding of who the other person is, but also accept that they may change. Mm. Can you look at someone not for their external achievements or what they're doing or you know who they hang around with? Can you look at them for their their essence, mm. like the person they are, because as they as their external situation changes, it's, it's always going to change. Can you be okay with? Can you be okay with that? Like, look at look at yourself. Ask yourself. I suppose ask yourself genuinely. Am I am I in, am I in love with the external or am I in love with the person? Like, yeah, it's 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 a. I think it's it's a it's a tough question because yeah, if you man. come to the if you come to the realization that oh shit. I am in love with the external person. Like this, it's it's an image-based relationship. Then what do you do from there? Yeah. Do you mind just clarifying that a little further? Like when you say external-based person, would that be like the physical appearance, the just the the personality, yeah. and not not the depth that you're saying, which is the yeah, man, the, Any, anything, the soul. Yeah, yeah, anything that focuses on anything that focuses on um, identity and image. Mm. So, um, yeah, attachment to anything anything to do with the way they, I mean, I mean, most most relationships, if they're if they're just purely physical and just based off the way mm. they look, I think we already know they're inherently dysfunctional because there's no there's no depth there is there's no depth to the relationship. 
but yeah, even even things, even things like um, I suppose I suppose it goes back to the same point: is uh, are they are they filling a certain hole that you require? Mm. Because it's not their identity; it's it's your identity. Uh, do they do they match in with who you think you are right now? Um, it's just more of an awareness that things can change and things will change. And can yeah. you be okay with that when it happens? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, nailed it. Because like the external is always changing. So if you're love, you're in love with the external. You've got to realize that that's that could change at some point. Mm-hmm. Which where if the if the person is changing and you're not okay with that, yeah. then all of a sudden there may come a point where you may the same person that you fell in love with might be might be a, a different person on an external level in three or four years time or however long yeah. but underneath that like you're saying if you can still love the person for their essence who they are yeah. you work through those changes together right yeah man. yeah that's exactly right i think i think important what you raised before as well is like the like kind of like the institution of of relationships or like love like what we see what we're taught i think that that brings up the point of what i was talking about before was conditional or an unconditional love mm. is like I feel like we're I feel like we're ta- the way in which we're taught is a con- is a is conditional love yeah where it's it's the punishment reward system mm. it's if you act this way I love you if you mm. act this way I punish you yeah so it, it's 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 kind of pushing people into this is the way you need to act to receive my love and it, we learn this from kids like this is the way we're taught to behave um, as kids, we were taught to behave in school, so this is the way we learn to love. We learn to love conditionally. When really, like, that's, that can't be love. Eckhart says, um, love doesn't exist where there is want and fear. So wherever, you're, wherever you feel, and this was, this was a big shift for me, so I just found myself wanting the person I was with to be different to the way they were. And not only is this impossible, it's completely dysfunctional because it, it it's yeah it's it's me trying to fit a triangle into a mm. into a square you know, mm. um, and understanding that I have no control, I have no control over the way they act, what they do, what they say because they're their own person, and if I find myself doing that. It's completely my problem, nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. Whereas often we externalize and say, why aren't you doing this? You should be doing this. Like, it's, it has nothing to do with them. They're, they're acting and, and, and doing whatever they do out of exactly who they are. So to try and change that is, is preposterous. It, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. And also it sets up a resistance to the present moment, which automatically throws everything out of whack. Because resisting the person you're with is also resisting the moment because they're acting as, as they are because that's the way they're meant to act. Everything they've ever done has led them to this point where they're acting right now. So to resist how they act is to resist the moment and it sets up a massive, massive hole. Um, yeah, it's, it's, if, if, you can, if you can learn to love unconditionally in a relationship, regardless of how they act or who they are, it, it sets up such an easy and peaceful relationship yeah and yeah as we were saying before you still in, you still encounter conflict but you can overcome it so much easier that's the beautiful part for me is because all of a sudden now the conflict i consider the conflict to be a good thing because anytime there's a conflict or anytime there's a resistance like you said that arises within me uh, to something perhaps my partner is doing there's my opportunity to look within uh, and work on myself because clearly something within me is 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 getting triggered and it's it's all it's all it's yeah. all me yeah that's uh, important it's, it's and it's, yeah. it's that it's you, know, you always go back to the four agreements mm. it's not not taking anything personally mm. it's it's yeah it's the external action is only making me feel this way because there's something in me that doesn't agree with it. Mm. Why is there resistance there? And it's always coming from within. It is always coming from within. You're bang on. It's the question, man. Just ask why. Yeah, yeah you can dig a little... Yeah. Yeah, man. I'd, the thing is, though, when people don't ask those inner questions and don't do that inner work and it gets covered or we just distract ourselves mm. from it, um, those little resistances can, can actually they stay. They don't get resolved. Yeah. They'll come up again. Uh, yeah. 
And when this is left for 30, 20 years, they can turn into like resentment for yeah. to our partner. Yeah, so um, true. And a lot of a lot of people live with this just resentment to their spouse or husband, mm. and it just leads to dysfunction. It leads to unhappiness. So if you can catch the, those moments, yeah, it, and, and work on them and use them as times for inner growth, then. I think the other point yeah. of that is people staying in dysfunctional relationships because mm. they're fearful of being alone. Mm. Like that to me is a very, I, like, I don't know how much I see it, but I, I've, and, I, I, and to be honest, I'm not sure why it happens. I don't know if they stay because they think they can change someone else. I mean, my point of view is you can't change anyone else unless they want to change. Um, so I'm not sure if they stay there because they, try, they they feel like they can still make a difference to this person and make them fit how they want them to be, which which can't happen. Mm. Or if they're fearful that if they leave, they'll be by themselves. Um, but that is that's a that's a tough decision to make. If you're if you're in a position where you feel that way, it can be hard to cut off that relationship. Um, but if you can if you can realise that it's can often be more detrimental to stay in that relationship than being alone and that being alone is a very important thing to do um hopefully hopefully you can you can understand that there's there might be a need to to move on sometimes yeah 100 percent. so if someone's in a dysfunctional relationship or someone is maybe becoming more aware of, of these things that we've, we've we've been talking about here and, and they're with someone who is perhaps one of these people who have been jumping from relationship to relationship, looking for uh, fulfillment in someone else, looking to fill a hole in someone else. What sorts of things can we suggest people start doing to, to maybe help, help these people look, look within to see what, what's being triggered? Because it's a difficult thing. Because so, if someone's not ready to start doing this kind of inner work, we, if we try and force them to do it, it's only going to make things worse. Yeah. Or I, maybe someone's listening who might know of someone, be like, ah, oh, that my friend is. This is this is what they do. They they yeah. they're just they're unfulfilled and they're looking for external happiness. I, I think if you're if you if you're in a relationship with one of these people who you can see is in their in their head a lot. Um, is yeah doesn't like being by themselves it's a lack of self-love usually Correct. so the the Correct. thing that the the thing that's a remedy to that is unconditional love it's a complete acceptance of who they are as a person it's it's like what it's like um either saying be the action you want to do sorry be the change be the change yeah. you want to see in the world it's it's being accepting of that other person until they accept themselves. If you can do that unconditionally, it's changed through action. It's not changed through telling them to do something. Mm. Yeah. For me, if you're if you're with someone like that and you're you're like, yes, like I know this 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 is this is going to work because this is the person you 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 genuinely connect with them on a deeper level than you yeah, the, the best way to go is to is through unconditional love, acceptance of how they act, what they do, what they say. Just because that's who they are, yeah, and that's the person that that you love. Just be the love you want to see in someone. Yeah, else. that's right, man. Yeah. That's right because often it's because that 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 is the dysfunction that it's if both people are like that, it's this push pull of such strong emotions. If you can be just a calm a calm lake man just still water um you can you can you can yeah you can you can show the other person like that they're okay exactly as they are yeah and their their thoughts about themselves the negative self-talk will slowly calm down yeah yeah it's it's i i i genuinely believe that that can work i think if you can identify in yourself the other the other other topic if you can identify in yourself that you're one of these people that, that struggles to be alone, that that is constantly in their own head, negative self-talk. You've you've become aware that you, like that self-love is an issue, and that that that's something you're seeking externally. Um, 
I think the the best place to start is is you have to spend time on your own. But if you can't sit alone with yourself because your thoughts are too, you, you don't like your thoughts, then they're too they're destructive. they're too, they're too yeah. destructive. Then find something or somebody or a group that can help. Um, do a guided meditation. Do a like like we've just come out of sound healing. Yeah, uh, something something that where you're in a supportive network, a group environment, uh, you know, therapist, one on one one on one coaching, something where where uh, someone can guide you through that mind chatter, help you understand that none of it is real. It's learned behaviour, um, and it's learnt negative self talk. If you can work through that with somebody, you can get to a point where eventually you can sit by yourself and just watch your thoughts until you come to this point where you realize everything you've ever done and everything you ever will do is perfect just the way it is because it can't be any other way. That's when you've reached the point of pure self-love, man. Yeah. Everything you do is just what you do. And it's driven by compassionate action. Then... You can go out and give love willingly. I think one issue is that people, people who give, they, they, they see giving love as losing something. And that has to be an equal exchange. Mm, if I do this, if I, if I, I give, I have, to get, yeah. I have to get something back. Yeah. My, one, of, one of the great sayings is that one candle can light 1,000 candles without losing any of its original flame. That love can be shared infinitely without having anything returned to it. And once you have that full fridge, man, once you have that, that, that self-replenishing fridge, you can give out food freely to whoever you want without a fear of ever losing it. That's the key, man. Nailed it, man. That's the key. Great. Oh, wow. Mm. Just have to ponder that one for a second. That was, that was a great answer. One thing that came up while you were talking for me was uh, Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle, one of my uh, favorite uh, authors and spiritual teachers is he talks a lot about pain the pain body um and i thought some it's important to recognize that the distinction between allowing someone to be the space for someone when they're going through inner turmoil being the space but at the same time not fueling the, the pain body any further uh, so it's a, having unconditional love for someone even when they might be seeking their pain body is, is seeking uh, fuel. Yeah. Just not not giving. Yeah, I think that's an important thing. Yeah, not, there's a distinction yeah, there between yeah. between enabling and accepting. Because mm. if you're, yeah, I know what you mean. If you're if you're if you're enabling their egoic behaviour, then it can be it can be self-destructive. Yes. yes. If you're if you're constantly validating everything they try and get off you, correct. Then it works. Correct. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not. That you're right. There, there is a distinction there. But yeah. for for people who don't know what the pain body is, the pain body is something that Eckhart defines as the ego's like seek for for external um, external like content or external uh, energy to fulfill a, a lack of energy that has been a, a, or a hole that's been opened up through a past trauma or a past. Mm. Uh, Event or, or something that essentially like imagine holes in the con in, in our soul, and, and the pain body is looking to, to cover those holes through the through the ego, which is only external. Mm. It's constantly constantly in a state of, of lack. Lack, correct. yeah. yeah. And which we've spoken about a lot before is that all yeah. these all of these things that are external, most often are trying to fill mm. are trying to fill those holes. Yeah, whether whether it be you know any any type of sensory activity that that's pleasurable yeah um which is often often a partner you get that you get that rush you know you get that yeah. rush when you first meet someone even sex yeah. man yeah and that's that's right D that's it's, that's why yeah. it's an addictive it's an addictive totally. behavior because yeah. it, it, it fulfills that um that sensory mm. um that sensory feeling and you feel so good for a temporary period of time and people want people chase that man they want it yeah. over and over and over again um yeah no, but you are, yeah, you're, you're bang on. Mm. There's, there's a difference between accepting behavior and enabling, enabling behavior. You have to be aware enough to understand the difference, I suppose, and say, no, like, you, 
I suppose it's, it's definitely it's, it's it's when you can feel there's an expectation on you from the other person. You can feel that they're wanting me to be a, a certain Play way. Play the I'm, role, and or I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna act in the way they want me to if it counter if it's counterintuitive to how I want to act. Yeah. But that's, if if you're if you're aware enough in yourself and you say yeah this is this is um, who I am. This is this is how I'm gonna act. And you don't you don't falter on that because someone else is is wanting you or, or fearful of how you may act um yeah then then it then it's just an acceptance of of however they're acting mm. um which I, I suppose um i think you had a, you had another point about about that as well what we're going to talk about um it'll come to me but I want to switch gears a, a tiny bit here because we've spoken now about... It's a difficult one because relationships could be broken down into different situations. I, I see that both people... If two people in a relationship are both unaware and going through the conditioned roles that they're behaving, I don't think they're going to be listening to this podcast. Perhaps not. Perhaps not. <laughs> I think the people who are going to be listening to the podcast are the ones who are awakening or have begun their process of awakening and they are becoming more aware, but maybe their partner's not yet. Maybe the partner's still, still, uh, yeah, not open yet, but not fully asleep. It's not, it doesn't have to be one or the other, but say one person, the person who's listening to this podcast is becoming more aware yet, but their partner is not. And it's sort of something that like, I've, I'm going through now in my relationship. It's not something that like, I, I don't talk about um, these kind of... I don't use the same language when I'm talking about these kind of things with my partner. But that doesn't mean... That that's, that's doesn't mean we can't grow both on an individual level and, and together through unconditional love. But there's definitely been challenging points where... I've had to recognize like within myself that like I, I have to do my own inner work here and, and practice the unconditional love for the other person. And the times that I've found challenging are the decisions around making joint decisions, I feel. Uh, like yeah. when I'm with, with my partner, if, if she invites me to go to places or to do certain things, uh, and maybe I wouldn't, if I was alone, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say yes to these things because I know that's, I wouldn't want to hang out with these people or I wouldn't want to go to these places, but noticing, okay, I, I'm making a decision together. I, I'm going to recognize that we are supporting each other. That's a, it's, a challenge, it's a challenging thing. Uh, um, mm. Do you have advice for those people, the people who are, are awakening now and they're noticing that their partner is still on their own path, but on a different, different point along that journey? And then working together in a cohesive manner through decision making. Yeah, man. Don't I know if you're going through the same thing. No, Might, no. I, yeah. I think it's yeah. No, I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. I think it's it's and it doesn't have to be just like it, that. Doesn't it's not exclusive to that situation where you know one person is, you know, having this more spiritual view of the world. Um, and one person's not. It's, it could be any difference. Like there could be any, like one person could change. The other person doesn't change in that aspect of their life. That creates uh, yeah, a gap of a gap of when you come to a decision. One person has one point of view. The other person has the other. Mm. For me, for me, the, the points of view don't matter. It's can you accept the other person's point of view? Mm. It's only when you resist the change and resist their opinion and, and their point of view that it creates trouble. Um, yeah, and there's, there's other two decisions. If you, if, you find that, if you find that the change is too drastic and you, you, you just find yourself, no, I, I, you, and you say, no, I can't accept that person now. This, this, change, has been, this change is too much and I can see that they're not changing, then is there a point where you eventually call it off? Is that, is that I mean, that, that's, that's something you need to come to on your own. If you say, I've changed, but I can still accept the person they are, they still accept me, 
then I don't see the issue. Yeah. The only issue is then when you come to a decision, can you compromise? Can you come to a compromise where you say, this is who I am and I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to compromise on this occasion, but I am willing to compromise on another occasion. Mm. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's given, it's like, it's that, it's that give and take in a relationship. Yeah. You need to, you need to be, you don't, you, you need to be not rigid in your opinion that you can't, you can't be flexible um, because at the end of the day, you're a team. Like mm-hmm. you're a, it's a, it's a partnership. So you need to, you need to be able to do things that they want to do and sacrifice your own, your own, um, your own ego or your own, your own you know, opinion in that, in that, in that, in that situation. And then, they can do the same. You know, it's it's a it's it's mutual. Um, yeah, I, it's it's difficult. But I think there's 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 times where you can stick to your guns, and then there's times where you can say, no, this time I'm going to let it go, and yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead with it. The, the the most important thing I think with that is that once, it, whatever decision you choose, you then wholeheartedly go with that decision. Yeah. So in the example where you've given in to what your partner wants to do, and you, yeah, that's or fine. you've compromised. Yeah. yeah, sorry, given in is probably a better <laughs> term. Yeah, compromise is a yeah. better term. Um, so you've, you've compromised. You say yes, that's fine. I'm, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna do this because I, you, I know you want to do it. Then you don't go and resist the whole time. What if it's an action, or if it's an event, or if it's whatever you do, you, you do it wholeheartedly. Um, that's that to me is the most important part. And if you don't do it, then you do that wholeheartedly, and you don't wish you were there, and you don't go, oh, I should have made the other decision, because that is, it's, yeah, it's that, that that once again creates resistance. Mm-hmm. And if you're finding that you're going to these events over and over again, and you're constantly resisting being there, then you, it's it's a sign that you've that you've, I don't know, that you've probably made an incorrect decision, mm-hmm. or that you're you're resisting for, yeah. Maybe maybe the wrong reasons. I think that's when communication comes into it. Mm. I've also realised since since I've been with my partner now for like it's a couple of years, with how important communicating correctly is yeah. in those situations. For sure. And for like, sure. not uh, for me, it was important recognizing how the other person feels, being compassionate, and not just coming at it from this is how I feel, which is why I don't want to do it. It's recognizing. Yeah, I want to come because I I support. I want to support you one hundred percent, or I I believe in what you're doing. But on this occasion, I I don't feel comfortable doing this. Never blaming the other person for you feeling a yeah. certain way. I think that's that's one thing I'm always I've learned and I'm continuing to learn. Yeah, um, it's a, yeah. that's that makes it that that's that's the that's the realization that every decision you make is always your decision. Like you know, like people, people like ah, oh, they made me come here, or like they made me yeah. do this, or I don't want to be because yeah. this person dragged Bullshit. me along. Yeah. Always your choice. Yeah. It's your choice to act, and it's your choice not to act. Non-action is still a choice. If you can, if you can change your perspective to go, wait, I chose to be here. No one forced me to come along. Mm. You choose to go to work every morning. If you're in a job you don't you don't like, you st- you're still choosing to go. You could wake up and not go. That's a choice. Mm. But you wake up and go because you chose to, not because your employer forced you. If you can put responsibility back into your own hands, it's so powerful because then everything is back within your control. The issue is when you is when you yeah you you, you contemplate on what other people think too much, and that that then then you, it's funny because you, you contemplate on what people think that impacts your decision and then you blame them for making that decision mm. I, I, it's a funny it's a funny situation yeah man it's, it's yeah so if you, if you can bring that if you can bring that, that awareness to everything is a choice and everything is my choice then if you choose to go somewhere you can you can be there because you chose to be choice, there yeah. it's never anyone else's fault so it's it's a great realization to have. Taking full ownership, man. Yeah. Full ownership. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That was that was nice. Mm. 
One thing that I've recognised, I think a lot of people challenged uh, have, have have faced challenges with in relationships. Uh, because we're still pretty young in our yeah. I'm not. Journey. I'm not an expert. Yeah, we're not experts. <laughs> it's just this is what's worked for us. I guess this is, uh, this is not to say that this is how you have the perfect relationship. I want people to re- recognise that yeah. it's about finding your own inner truth for yeah. For me, it's about it's a, it's about encouraging mindful relationships. Correct. It's about Correct. it's about yeah yeah it's it's about yeah I suppose you're right. It's, this is what's this is what's worked for me and how I've found the most peace and happiness. Not just in not just in in yeah um, physical relationships with your partner, but with friendships, with family, mm-hmm. with people on the street. Like it's it's if you can bring it from being an image based relationship and an external based relationship your whole world opens up. Mm-hmm. You're no longer fearful or desiring anything else to happen the way, apart from the way it is happening. Mm-hmm. Then all of your relationships fall into place seamlessly. They're just, they're just there and they're just happening exactly the way they should be. Mm-hmm. That to me is, is what has worked for me um, to make happier, more peaceful mm. relationships. And if you can have more p- happy, peaceful relationships, your life will be more peaceful and happiness because you're in, you're you're you have hundreds of relationships a day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Constantly, you're interacting with people. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. It is it is essential to to master relationships, whether you can master them or not. It definitely makes your life a lot more harmonious. Yeah. Uh, I, one one thing that I want to touch on is is younger people. Like we're twenty we're twenty four. Uh, People who are listening, who are you know within that age bracket, 18 to 24, relationships are very challenging. There's lots of difficult de- uh, decision making to to be had because that's when we're going through a lot of life transitions, from high school to university to full-time work to travel, a lot of uh, difficult transitions that bring tests to relationships. Particularly if if the if the if we're at different ages, say your partner's two years younger than you, three years younger than you. You're 23, your partner's 20, going through a very different life transition or different mm. challenges in life, which can be difficult at a young age. Uh, like for, for me, for example, my, uh, I met my girlfriend Amanda while studying here in Canada. We had to do six months of long distance, uh, which was a difficult challenge. Uh, ultimately, probably one of the greatest tests that proved the depth in our relationship because it was it was abstinence from being in physical contact with each other but also I realized a lot around when I'm not with her how, how, how am I coping am I am I not feeling my fulfilled am I, because when you're not around someone you should still be able to feel whole and loved it was one of the greatest challenges but also one of the greatest strengthening exercises for our relationship was was being apart for so long uh, yeah, I went. I went through the same thing in my yeah. first relationship, yeah. six months apart. Yeah, and I and I realized, yeah, I it was it was helpful, but for different reasons because I realized how much I was li- how much I was lacking uh, as a what was I t- twenty year old? Um, yeah, at the time, requiring that love to feel whole. Mm. Um, and I was in, I was, in, I remember I was in tears, man. Like I was in tears, like on the week, like on a weekly basis. Yeah. I just felt so empty. I was like, why do I feel this way? Like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> like why, why is this? Yeah. Why is this one thing in my life having this much of an effect on me? When really, I, I, I could have been there wholeheartedly on my own. She could have been there wholeheartedly on her own. And then, when you come back together. It's just a, it's a it's a it's a reuniting of two of two whole people. Yeah. But instead, I just felt this constant lack, man, and it was I was miserable. Mm. I was actually miserable. And it's funny, is that to me was a trigger of far out. This there has to be a better way mm-hmm. than than this. <laughs> yeah. I I think and that's what I wanted to kind of say was was that that is a really great test. I, I feel if someone's I guess it doesn't matter what age you're in, but at a young age, can you be okay with being away from your partner for an extended period, a month, two months. How, what, what, how does that thought feel? 
if that absolutely scares you and it's something that you feel like you could not do, then perhaps maybe there is some element of attachment to your partner and fulfilling a, a hole that, that's, that's within. So that's something as a, as a young couple, go, young couples evolving together, uh, recognizing that fact that there are going to be challenges that arise that you can use as tests to, 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 look, to look within and see, is this something that I need to work through myself? Yeah. Um, allowing the other person, giving them their space to, to work on their own stuff as well. Uh, hey, to me, it's just, it's literally just, it's complete respect for an individual to be exactly as they are mm. and who they are as a person. Because um, if you allow, if you allow someone, like you say, the space to be who they are, mm. they they flourish, man. Mm. They just become, they, they 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 reach their full potential. They have no limitations. There's no one telling them, there's no one there telling them who they should be, what they should do. They have freedom to go and achieve and 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 act however they need to. And if you give someone that that opportunity, and they give you that opportunity, man. How, how awesome, yeah. how awesome does that feel? Yeah, it's beautiful. I think it's, uh, I think it's something that we can all aspire, it, it, it should be something that we should all aspire to be in, in a, a relationship like that. It doesn't, it shouldn't have to take a lifetime to get it either. Mm. Uh, to me, I think if, if there's anything, anything to take away, it's, it's, you have to learn how to be alone. Mm. You have to learn how to be alone. Bang. And it's yeah. Blaise Pascal, man, said yeah, man. All, all man's problems come from the fact that he can't sit alone in a room by himself. Yeah. And I genuinely believe that. I if, do as well. if, you can, if you can learn to be comfortable with your own mind, you know, then, then everything is limitless. Everything, every, everything falls into place. Mm-hmm. Relationships is one aspect of that, mm-hmm. but that that has far-reaching, mm-hmm. far-reaching components of, uh, mm-hmm. outside of relationships mm-hmm. as well. Breaking through the, the, the sometimes cutting through the the mind to get to the deeper part of the relationship where the, it's the soul connecting with the soul. Uh, getting to that point where you can connect on a deep deep level with someone not just on a physical level and that, that's actually yeah. a good that's a good another good kind of indicator mm. can you sit alone in silence with your partner <laughs> yeah. this was always and this, you know, this, this was actually always after I after my first relationship every, yeah. that was my one test yeah, yeah that was always my that was always my test I was like can I do I feel comfortable and do they feel comfortable to sit in silence with each other doing nothing just sitting there and I found a lot of people that, I, like, along the way, I found a lot of people that I was like, yeah, I think I do. And I found other people I was like, no, this, there's, there's a tension here. Like, it, when, it's, when it's quiet and the mind is working, you know, you, you, know, sit, quiet, depth, you sit quiet with there. someone, you yeah. go, oh, God, I should be saying something. Yeah. Oh, this is getting awkward. Mm. Oh, what am I... D-? There's, no, there's no need to feel that way if it's just two people doing what Correct. they want to do. Yeah. And if they want to sit in silence... Then that's okay. Totally. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, man. Great, great point. Great point. Um, there was something I was going to bring up. Ah, yeah. Came to me. Young relationships. Another big thing that's happening is the decision on when to move in with your partner, when to live together. I have recently, not recently actually, it's probably the past year, I've been living together with my partner. Uh, in, in either my family home or her family home, which is added an, an extra element to the challenges, but I won't go into detail about that. But the act of living with your partner and deciding to move into a shared quarters where you share a space is for me the ultimate test. And it's something I see a lot of people delay and saying, oh, I'm not ready, I don't want to rush into that. Yes and no. I also think, why would you want to delay the test. It's almost like people don't want to face this ultimate test because they're scared that they might fail. The relationship might fail the test. 
when I jumped into this test with my partner, which came, it kind of came out of nowhere because she was living in Australia with me and it was, it was something that we were kind of, for, not forced into, but something that came a lot quicker than expected. I was only 23 at the time. But going through that test proved to me that this relationship was built on solid foundations because it, the being alone, being together in, and being okay with being alone is you kind of, if you can't be okay in silence sitting together, when you live together, then it's going to be, yeah, you're going to be completely uh, unfulfilled. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a struggle. I personally think people should, should take this test as soon as they can. As soon as they feel like the relationship is ready to take on, evolve to that next level, move in together. Because you'll find out pretty damn quick. I suppose the only issue is if it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work, yeah. <laughs> That's what you're saying, people are fearful Yeah, of that. but you, if, yeah. if you're okay, if you're comp- maybe it's time that they, either you need to go off and do your own soul searching and figure some stuff out for yourself or the other person might need to. You figure it out fast. Either way, or you might be at a place where you can work through things together, which is what happened with me. Like, it wasn't easy, but there's certainly we we worked through it together because we're both at an individual place where we're comfortable facing these challenges together. What's your take on that? You don't live with your partner yet, but do you think it's something that it is? It is a very big step, and it's something that people struggle with a lot. Mm. I think and it, yeah, for me personally, I think I was because I was on my own for quite a while, and I was I was so comfortable on my own. I, I, I yeah, I, I, and at the time when I when I when I met um, Meg, I it was it was quite sudden, and I was like, I, it took me a while to adjust. I think it took me a while to adjust to having someone else in my life mm-hmm. that I that I cared about. Yeah. Um, but it was good. So I got to put into practice all the things that I'd that I'd that I'd been learning, and all the all of the, the kind of the mindfulness things that that I practiced on a daily basis with someone else. So it was a good it was a good challenge. But for me, once I'd accepted, I was like, yeah, this this person um, is now someone that I love and someone I care about. It went really quick because I, there was no as soon as I got rid of the fear of oh shit. I'm in a relationship now, like, and all the things that come along with with that that you think about. As soon as I got rid of the fear, I could have moved in straight away. Yeah, I think you're like it is. The, it's the fear that holds you back. But once, I, like, yeah, I, yeah, I, for me it was like a no-brainer. Um, yeah, because I, I and I think I think honestly it's because I waited so long. Yeah the person that came along was exactly the person that I needed. So there was no hesitation. It wasn't like I, I was like, yeah, you'll, you'll do. <laughs> like, and this is now, now, because then that's, that's when there's fear. It's like, have I made, have I, have I taken enough things into consideration? And what, the, the funny thing about any decision making is that the, the, um, the variance or the things that could go into one decision, any decision, are insurmountable. There, there's, there's an impossible amount of data that you could take into making one decision. But at the end of the day, the decision's made in one moment. So for me, if you can, if you can eliminate the amount, of, the amount of processing that you, that you have to go through, because the more things, you, the more things you, you mull over, the more things you think about, it gives, it gives fear a chance to come in. Yeah. It's, constant, it's constant worrying about the future. But if you can cut that out and go, just trust your instincts. Really, yeah. say I've made True. this. I'm yeah, with this. Nice. I'm with this person mm. because I've made that decision, and I'm making that decision every minute of the day to stay with them for a reason. Mm. For me, I, after I'd after I'd realised that, and after I cut out the fear, man, yeah, I could move in tomorrow, man. Yeah, no, no issue. No, and now I'm tomorrow. sure that will be a test. Yeah, it I'm will sure be. it will be. And maybe we can do another podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give you an update and let you know how I'm going. The live updates, man. The weekly <laughs> updates. <laughs> yeah, so I guess for people, that, that's something that, that I guess someone has to make on their own merit when they're ready to, to take, take that test. And good advice. I think if, if, you're, if you feel like you, you, you love someone, you're ready to pursue a future with them, then your instincts will tell you the time, the time has come. But if, you, if, you, if you're worried or you're thinking about it too much, yeah, maybe it's a sign just to meditate on it, cut through that noise for a second and then 
feel feel the emotion is it time to act yeah. on this as you always say yeah. the, the body man the body's the yeah. body's the truth yeah. if you can if you can focus on how the body feels mm-hmm. whilst you're whilst you're dwelling on that decision mm-hmm. it'll tell you if it's if it's ready or not mm-hmm. like get rid of the mind mm-hmm. the mind the mind often clutters up the decision it's the instinct it's the it's the core feeling of is this a good decision or is it a, is it is it something i should wait on well the thing is there's a, there's there's never a bad decision. Well said, it's, bro. Uh, well said. Always an opportunity to grow, even if it results in a, a loss or a breakup. That's again more another opportunity for you to to grow on yourself, work on yourself. Yeah, so. no, that's that's just that's 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 just a lesson for life. If yeah. you can if you can if you can find it if you can find opportunity to grow in every every suffer suffering or painful mm-hmm. situation that you have, man, you're gonna kill it. Well said. One one other point I'll add is. Uh, the value that I got from working with a coach. Mm. Uh, I had a, uh, worked with Jennifer Merrifield, who's been on the podcast, I think it was episode 15. Uh, and, and Jen was someone that I worked with for a few months and, and she was amazing at helping me bring my awareness to certain elements in my relationship where I wasn't perhaps acknowledging the opportunities to grow in that moment. Uh, and to have someone that keeps you accountable, but not telling you what you want to hear, but giving you the space to see where there are opportunities to grow, because there always is, uh, is, has tremendous value. Again, if you can find a coach, even if it's a a mentor or someone who can just, you can talk about these sort of things. If you're going through a difficult, challenging period in a relationship or in life, uh, talk to someone about it and they might help you see a, a different light to a perceived challenge uh, they might see you might see the opportunity to grow so I'm, I'm very grateful for my for Jen for helping me through some challenging times in life and my relationship so I encourage people uh, Jen's Jen I'll link her page people can connect with her online uh, but if you if you want to find someone locally that either way that it's tremendous value so I want to bring just bring that up mm. um, I mean mate uh, we might have to wrap things up here because um, I'm, I'm getting pretty hungry all this talk about relationships man it uh, <laughs> works up an appetite <laughs> uh, but yes yeah, your last day man last day in, in Toronto you head back to Sydney tonight yeah 16 hour um, flight mate yeah should be a bit of fun it's been a pleasure having you here man I'm glad we got to record a, a podcast in person uh, I'm sure we're gonna we'll, we'll connect in person again shortly um, any closing remarks for our, for our listeners mate Nah, man, I think we've covered a fair bit. We have. I think, uh, yeah, man, acceptance is the key. Acceptance is the key. Acceptance is the key. I love that. Um, If there's, yeah, relationship or not, if you can accept the current moment for what it is, your life flows, man. Your life flows with effortless ease. Um, The only other caveat to that is, is that trying to accept is also non-acceptance. Yeah. It's it's acceptance. It's it's a bit of a paradox. It's that you need to have acceptance for the moment, but also acceptance of the fact that you can't accept sometimes. Sometimes you'll try to you'll try to accept the moment as it is, and your your mind will fight back. Yeah. And you go, no, that's not right. I can't accept this. And you also have to be accepting of that feeling. Um, because yeah, that's it's it's the same thing. It's mm-hmm. exactly the same thing. To me, that's that's the that's one of my biggest keys, man. Yeah, well said, man. And and for the people who are listening and might might not even be in a relationship, I think we all are in a relationship with ourselves at all times. It's like monitoring that relationship. How is yeah? Man. How do you function with your own mind? How do you cooperate with the ego? Have a harmonious relationship with yourself, and then you're gonna attract the people who... Yeah, and I suppose the, the other important point which we've, which we've covered in this, is in this podcast before is who are you? Mm-hmm. When you say relationship with yourself, who is the self? Do you identify with your thoughts? Because if you do, that can be quite dangerous because your thoughts are, quite frankly, mental. Yes. Like we both said before, man, the, the things that run through our minds often are crazy yeah. and if you if you identify with them you yeah it's, it, it can be quite dangerous mm-hmm. at times 
Um, and if you're if you're one of those people that has like a lot of negative self-talk, or yeah, you 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 believe and you trust in the in the thoughts running through your head, just think about who who is talking in that negative self-talk. Who's the one who's the one saying it, and who's the one listening? Um, yeah, because you can't be the object and the perceiver at the same time. You. I, your, your true self is the listener not the talker um, but I think too often people identify with the talker in their mind yeah, and that's the one that has all the negativity associated with it the listener is the quiet observer non-judgmental um, and if you can realise that that's who you truly are with all this noise on top of it everything works out man yeah man well said there's the purposeful action that I want people to take away from this is can you keep the observer with you? Can you hold the observer in mind in these times when you may be engaging in conflict with a partner? Just watch. Keep an element of witnessing consciousness there that sees the argument unfolding and you'll be able to, you'll be able to see it for what it is. Just, just mental noise. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that, man. No worries, man. Yeah. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you, mate. It's yeah. been a, so grateful to have you here, mate. Love chatting with you and uh, have a safe flight home. Legend, man. Thank you. Take care, buddy. Bye for now. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast. Uh, it really means a lot to me knowing that you're choosing this type of content. And, you know, if there's one thing I can leave you with as you take off for the rest of your day is, is two calls of actions for you. Uh, one of the calls of action that I've been trying to do recently every single day is, is, is do one act of kindness um, I mean, if you can do more than one act, that's perfect. But start with one. Try and just do something kind for someone else. And, you know, pay pay for someone's coffee ahead of you or just open the door for someone, hold the door open for someone when they're walking by. Um, these little acts of kindness can really go a long way and it actually improves the way you feel and also improves the way someone else feels. And that kind of stems on throughout the, throughout the day. So try and do that. Find something kind to do for someone else. Um, here's one opportunity for you to do some act of kindness is go ahead and uh, leave some feedback on the podcast on iTunes, leave a rating or review, or if you're feeling extra special, share this with someone else uh, to try and help someone else out on their journey. Uh, and that will mean a lot for me, it'll mean a lot for other people, and it's going to mean a lot for you because the more acts of kindness we do, we spread the love. So thank you so much for joining me and I'll see you in the next episode.